You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us as a resource that we might learn from those who have gone before us. I call out to these men and women who met the challenges of their time, to brought forward the new medicine of their time and held true to those old ways that are needed for humans to actually be the best version of themselves that they can be. So I call out to these ancestors. I ask those who have gone before us to be with us here today that we the living can do what our own time is calling out for us to do. That we can show up and be the medicine that we were born to be and do so in a way that manifests it clearly so that which is needed is here for those who are coming. And for this to happen in a good way, I call out to those non-human ancestors, to those beings, those aspects of life that were here long before there was ever a human being and will be here most likely long after. And I call out to those energies to help us to remember that which abides in life, to help us not be distracted by shiny things, to not be seduced by that which seduces us and addicts us, but to pay attention to the real energies, those that are eternal, those that bring us to our strong place of humanity and the great power of the human heart. And I ask those uh, helping spirits that are non-human to help us to remember who we are in the great web of life and to bring that uniqueness in to that huge and wonderful symphony of life force. And so as all these um, helping spirits gather around us here today, let us gather ourselves from wherever it is that we might be, drawing our energy into our head, from our head to our heart, from our heart to our belly, and from our belly, let us reach down into the earth and take a moment to give thanks for our day. Thanks for life and all that it holds, all the gifts that it has brought you, those that you experienced as gifts and blessings, and those you still haven't quite figured out how to open, how to transform that problem into precisely what it needs to be so that you can become the person you were born to be. We give great gratitude for this wonder, this miracle about life. We give gratitude to the generosity in the earth's dreaming so that all that needs to change can, as long as we are still breathing. And we give gratitude to the wonder and the awe of life itself in its many, many forms. And with enormous thanks pouring out of our heart to the earth, we move our energy down through all the layers of the earth, letting our gratitude flow out as we give thanks to this place of home, this place of belonging this place of connection and interconnection. We reach all the way down to the very center of the earth. We choose to anchor ourselves firmly there. 
and reach into this energy that draws its strength from stillness. Draws its strength from darkness, from quiet, from silence. And we reach deeply into this energy that nourishes and restores and we draw it up into our day, into our body, into these proceedings. And in this way, we draw up the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way. And we call this energy up and ask it to help us to learn. We call out to the energy of the earth as it refreshes and renews and restores us to help us to feel grounded, to learn to be grounded, to know where we stand, to know what we stand for, to know what has heart and meaning in our life and choose to live for these things, to build a life based on that which is right and true and meaningful. And to open our doors to those who are other than we are, who also know what is right and true and meaningful to them. And to call that all in together in a great stew of humanity. And we ask that those people with ideas other than ours provoke us to grow deeper and stronger and better able to be the people we were all truly born to be. So as we call these energies in as a kind of home that is open, a kind of hearth that is warm for all who would come. As we call these energies in, may we understand that we are learning to do this so we can do it with our own inner selves. And may we learn from the earth that kind of interconnection, connection with other things, right relationship with our environment, right relationship with other people, right relationship with all living things, those embodied and those who are here in the invisible world. And in this, may we come into right relationship with ourselves by knowing our place, our unique place in this great web of life. And as we reach deeply into the earth and draw this energy up, let's draw it up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind and send it all the way up and out through the top of the head, out into the sky and whatever weather it holds for you, wherever you are on this planet, whatever time of day you are listening or night. Reaching out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way to the highest power of the universe. Know that this energy is equally available for every single one of us, though we call it by different names and we have different understanding. Connect with this energy. Know yourself in it and it in you and begin to draw this radiant divine energy down drawing it into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. And in this way, you call into yourself blessings. You call in the essence energy of protection and allow it to infuse your own capacity to protect your energy and your uniqueness. We call in these energies and ask them to move in our life through commitment and devotion. We call in the benevolence of our universe and ask it to illuminate and inspire the way. May we trust what is going on here in a bigger way. Trust that we have spirit help. Trust in each other. Learn to trust in ourselves as we call out to the beneficence of our universe. We draw these energies in, into ourselves, and we send them down all the way to the center of the earth. And in this way, we as humans open ourselves up to be that connection between heaven and earth, to call these energies into ourselves and that that complementary dualism of this big love. And we ask that big love to awaken the spirit of our heart. 
May our heart awaken and open its crucible of transformation that lives inside the human heart. And may we open up to the fiery passions in our belly that carry this deep truth of why we are here, that which we burn for. And may we draw that up into the heart and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind so that we can begin to understand how do I do this in my time. And as we call these energies into the heart and invite them to dance together in that dynamic tension of that dance, they give birth the third and most important thing for each one of us to touch into, which is some memory, some realization, some inkling, some sense of why we are here. And may you find the courage in that very same beautiful human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into the world. And for all the spirit help that we have to do that in every day, I give deep, deep thanks. May what needs to be said be said, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. Speaking of living things, I would like to give thanks to Claire and Mary Teresa, to Denara and Lewis, to Urban Foresight, to Carrie, Danielle, William, Diane, Deborah Craig, these are all listeners who have been able to donate financially to Why Shamanism Now. And I am deeply grateful for those of you who are able to donate financially. Um, For those of you that don't know Why Shamanism Now is listener supported, it's in its eighth year on the air and the archives exist on the internet for anyone to access free and uh, and available. And um, Without the financial support of many of you, this would not be able to be a reality. And so I'm deeply grateful for those of you that are working with Why Shamanism Now and Co-Creator Network um, to help us to make this um, a reality in the world. The archives are available at cocreatornetwork.com, whyshamanismnow.com, and at iTunes. Um, And I ask those of you who are not able to donate financially to recognize if you're listening to the show regularly, it is moving you in some way. And to do something that is um, a response to that which moves you in the heart, to do something to support the show, to help it to grow, um, to share it, to use the teachings, to ask good questions. Many of your questions turn into new shows. And in this way, we've all worked together to help to create a show that has a rich library of resources of how we bring our shamanic skills to bear on the issues of our own time. And for all of this, I'm thankful. And I want you all to remember, I cannot do this alone. So thank you. We are live today after um, a long series on racism. We're live today and I'm all alone. (laughs) So um, if you have questions about today's topic, which is time spirits and shamanism, you can call in at 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the co-creator network dot com site or you can email me after the fact um, at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and that is also the website that you can find classes and um, connect with me for long distance work etc okay so for the last many weeks actually i i had an ulterior motive in the programming we re-ran some old shows and those shows were about power And the point of those old shows, and even the prior shows to that, which were about naming this this 
phenomenon of the highly skilled wounded child and talking about the need to cultivate resiliency in our time and then these shows about power was all building up to understanding these elements that come together with what I believe is really necessary to be a responsible and mature citizen of the world at this time. And for those of you listening to Why Shamanism Now, we can add to that a sort of shamanic citizen as well. But the important thing to remember is it's not either or. You are always a citizen that you choose to also um, express your spiritual life through shamanism is in addition to that. But nonetheless, we all live here together. So we are all citizens of this globe. Okay, so my point was we all have power. Human beings have access to power. Whether you choose to know that and cultivate it and use it is on you. It's not on your culture. And your culture cannot take your power away. It can limit, it can grossly limit your expression of that power, but it cannot take your power away. And in the process of talking about racism in particular with Langston Kahn over the last four weeks, time spirits came up periodically. And I got a lot of emails about what's a time spirit. Okay. So, This goes with the whole global citizen, human human at this time on the face of the planet. Yes, shamanism is a wonderful thing for you to educate yourself in and your energy body, but you need to educate yourself about the world that you live in. Um, And it's, it's important because the issues of our time are all around us all the time. And if you are ignorant to them, you cannot respond in the best way possible. And so time spirits are another way to understand what is going on around you in our time. And the beauty of time spirits as a way to think about it is that because you also have shamanic skills, you can work with time spirits as spirits. And because of that, be very effective working with time spirits. Okay, so what are they? So in the late 1700s, early 1800s, um, a German philosopher, uh, Georg Hegel first spoke of this idea of the spirit, a spirit of the age or a spirit of the time. Um, So this has been uh, an idea moving through philosophical um, and kind of how we understand ourselves in the world kind of circles for quite a while. And um, what he was talking about or trying to name was a force that motivates the actions of individuals within a society in a particular time. And as we think about our our understanding of world history, we can see the movement of different time spirits across the sort of the face of the globe. So at that time, being a German, of course, um, this was referred to as zeitgeist, even though he didn't necessarily coin that particular term. But today in our contemporary time, Arnie Mendel has translated zeitgeist, which translates to time spirits. So it's about a spirit of the time, a spirit that rises up out of a particular time. And Arnie uses this particularly in his global process work or world work. Um, And it is a way to talk about the energies that are not entirely the product of a given individual or a group. They're somehow bigger than that and yet influencing individuals and groups. And these time spirits express themselves in ways that are not static, but rather changeable. They can escalate, they can diminish, they can even disappear with time, or they can become deeply embedded 
in the, in time, um, depending on how the time spirit is responded to by the people. But the thing that's interesting about time spirits is they are not purely of the people, that time spirits rise up from the life force. So I believe the earth often contributes to time spirits. Life contributes to time spirits, not just humans, but because of the effect of choice and manifestation that moves through humanity, humans have a huge effect on time spirits. Um, time spirits can be aggressive, they can be peacemaking, they can be anything you can imagine that can come out of um, the dreaming and the shadow of humanity. Okay, so most importantly for us as shamanic practitioners, they are a spirit of a sort, right? So we can journey to them and we can work with them intentionally. With that said, I would say in other words, if you are a shamanic practitioner and you're not aware of time spirits, you're not paying attention to them in all of the environments that you're in, um, you're not really functioning as a shamanic practitioner because this is precisely the kind of thing a traditional shaman would have been paying attention to in their culture. I mean, what do you really think the Inuit shaman was finding out from Sedna at the bottom of the sea when the shaman went on the long, long drum journey to the bottom of the ocean to talk to Sedna to find out why there aren't any animals to hunt if Sedna wasn't naming time spirits that were arising within the community that needed to be dealt with in a particular way or responded to in a particular way? And so being aware of time spirits is part of being aware. And as shamanic practitioners – the whole point of that work is to extend your natural intuition and be more deeply, fully, and in particularly accurately aware. So now that we're talking about time spirits on why shamanism now, you have no excuse to remain ignorant of time spirits. So educate yourselves. Okay. So what are time spirits? So as I said, Langston and I referred to them um, in the last four shows about racism. And racism itself is a big, fat, old time spirit. And it's been with humanity for a long time. And let's not overly romanticize indigenous people, that many indigenous people took slaves of other groups of people. And so this – and then the, the translation from slavery to the assumption that this group that we hold as slaves is less than we are, which is the root then of racism, um, has been with us for a really long time. It's a big, fat old nasty time spirit and is deeply embedded in the systems that shape cultures all around the globe. Uh, okay, so that's a time spirit. It's a nasty old one, but it's a time spirit. And so Arnie talks about time spirits. Um, he, he mentions that they can often be experienced as mythical beings. But we need to be careful about this because as shamanic practitioners, we need to discern what things are accurately. So time spirits are not archetypes. They might be experienced as a mythical being, but they're not archetypal energies. And this is very important because if we decide racism is an archetype, we're stuck with it because archetypes are timeless, right? Time spirits by their very name are not timeless. That's the beauty of it, right? So anyway, so time spirits are not archetypes because archetypes are timeless. They are true code that exists in our universe prior to people and will exist after. 
I mean, as you can see, I, I never, I don't use archetypes in the common Google world parlance. I use it in the, in their old sense as the deep, deep code that is um, moving in our universe. That's not a time spirit. That's an archetype. Okay. Time spirits are not archetypal energies. Thank goodness. Time spirits are literally of the time. Therefore, they are by definition not timeless. Um, they can become big, fat, old, nasty time spirits like racism because we invest time and energy in keeping them going. Right? But that's on us. Okay. So time spirits are created of the collective energies of all the living in a particular time. As I said earlier, human and non-human, depending on the time spirit, right? And so they um, – all the time spirits, though, are significantly human-dependent or humanity-dependent because of the influence of our choice and manifestation on reality. Okay, with that said, time spirits are differentiated parts of the overall global field, so educate yourself about field theory. Educate yourself about what it means to talk about a global field. Um, this is something that um, Charles Eisenstein talks about really well right now, okay, with great, great loving detail and very clear mental detail. Um, so the important thing is they are differentiated parts, so they're in, in a sense – um, like weather, like different weather moving through the air. If the air is the global field, the time spirit's like the weather moving through it, kind of. Okay, anyway. Uh, so the other thing about time spirits are some are in the foreground. They're relatively easy to see once you start looking. Others are in the background um, because they may be marginalized energies like emotions. In America, for example, emotions are almost always marginalized. Um, or they're truly um, a flow, a time spirit that's moving through the collective shadow. And so that would be precisely what's going on in the um, presidential campaign right now in America. And for those of you who aren't Americans and you're wondering what the hell is going on, it's a beautiful essay right now by Charles Eisenstein. just came out today that describes beautifully how each, Donald and Hillary, are manifestations of a deep – aspect of the collective shadow and so they're they're they they become the icon of um two different time spirits or actually two very similar time spirits anyway so um that point is some time spirits are overt and obvious and some are very hidden that's why it's important to pay attention to time spirits because those that are hidden will destroy your conscious efforts the way Anything within you, like your shadow, will create upheaval and destruction of your conscious efforts. So it's not like a, a new idea. It's the same old idea I talk about all the time, just being applied on this global field of how we as humans um, exist and experience these energies in the larger field around us. Um, and so let me sidebar here for just a minute. Why am I bothering with this today other than the fact that people ask this question? I'm bothering because I feel like many shamanic groups dive into their own personal reality and disengage from the reality of the world going on around us. That their shamanic practice become, be, begins to be an escape 
from what is not right in our world. And there's a lot that's not right in our world. I get it. It hurts. It hurts the heart every day. I get it. And if we are truly called to be the shamans of our time, we are called to be the medicine for precisely that illness in our culture and in in humanity's presence on the globe right now. And so my point is to call us out from the way we are hiding in our shamanic communities and not using those very shamanic skills to meet these time spirits, to, to work with them, to bring forward those that are really trying to come into the world to help, help this become a better place, a truer expression of diversity and the collective human rights, collective life rights, whatever you want to call it. Time spirits are trying to rise up from the earth, from nature, to move people to make things happen. And if you're in a little shamanic group over here doing blah, 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 and not paying attention to things like the fact that you're a global citizen, this is we're in a global field, time spirits are happening and they need to be addressed, use your shamanic skills to address them and work with them. Because other time spirits, man, need to be slapped down. Their time is done. They need to be put down. How do we do that? Right? It's people with shamanic skills that can ask that question and get an answer. And then go do it. But not if we're eddied out to avoid dealing with the very things that hurt our heart. So this is really why I'm bothering. Not just because a bunch of people ask, what's a time spirit? But because if you think you're a shamanic practitioner and you don't know the answer to that question, you're not paying attention. It's a big world out here. And we're theoretically, if we are shamanic practitioners, we're the medicine for that world. So we need to wake up. We need to educate ourselves. We need to do the work that we've come here to do. So similar time spirits are found throughout the world, largely because people abuse power and use power in much the same ways, no matter where they are, because humans are humans. And the patterns of abuse and use of power are basically the same. And so the time spirits, time spirits that arise are pretty similar. So time spirits describe and emphasize the temporal and transitory nature of what's going on with people and groups in the larger field. Um, you know, people get named like they have they, in a sense, take on roles, but but roles are too fixed. Role, the word role implies a certain fixed designation, and what Time Spirits is trying to talk about is um, the fact that these rules aren't fixed, that, that the time spirit itself does grow and change and evolve depending on how we engage with it. So Arnie says um, that he's using the word time spirit in his work to remind us of the transformational potential of the world around us. So for me, I use it to remind us that the collective influences us in patterned ways that we can work with in much the same way we work with other spirits. In other words, you are not a victim of your time. I can't think of anything more profoundly important about shamanic practice than the realization that you are not a victim. You're not a victim of your childhood. You are not a victim of your culture. You are not a victim of your time. You have power. Cultivate it. Learn to use it. So, 
time spirits can draw us in and this is really really important to understand that time spirits can draw us in draw us in for example a negative example of that is a mob mentality where all of a sudden a group of people get swept up in this this movement of this mob and when they snap out of it later they're kind of horrified to find out what they did that is a group of people that got swept up in this this very sort of temporal time spirit so they're like they can be like whirlpools or vortices um, in an otherwise invisible field and some uh, time spirits can attract us some can repel us some suck us into things, others spit us out of things. In other words, something that you're trying to actually engage in and you keep finding yourself spit out. Um, whatever they are, they are patterns of energy that can move through an individual or through a group of individuals and influence their thoughts and behaviors. In other words, time spirits can possess us if we let them. I mean, to put that into shamanic language, they can possess us if we let them. And so this is an important thing. Know thyself. Know the feeling of a foreign energy coming in and being beginning to move you and make a choice. And one of the most important things about healthy boundaries in, in a shamanic context is you need healthy boundaries with the spirit world too not just with the physical world and you need healthy boundaries with time spirits and if you don't know yourself if you believe you are a product of your time then you are fodder to be possessed by the time spirits of your time and you're going to be being moved all over the place and the challenge with that is that they can influence our thoughts and behavior and our emotions so when you're drawn into a pattern of a time spirit, you identify with that in the given field. And um, that means you can identify with, um, you know how often in high schools, if a, if a child commits suicide, then all of a sudden there's all these other suicides. It's the same thing. It's being influenced by that time spirit moving through that population. Okay. So when you do identify with a time spirit, you actually experience the emotions of that spirit and or the way of that way of being in the world, the thoughts, ideas, feelings. And when you identify with a time spirit, your consciousness is altered. So who should be better able to work with time spirits and their influence than people who already supposedly understand about altering their consciousness on purpose? Again, another reason as shamanic practitioners, we need to be in groups of people making change happen in the world that are not necessarily all shamanic people. Because with our skill set and our supposed understanding of moving in and out of altered states, we can help people understand about when they're basically possessed by a time spirit for good or for ill. Okay. Um, so as you move with a time spirit, you can get angry, you can become inflated, you may feel heroic, you may feel victimized. And when you allow yourself to identify with a time spirit's energy, <clears throat> excuse me, energy pattern, it can make you feel moody, it can make you feel suicidal, it can make you feel depressed, it can make you feel ecstatic. It possesses you. How embarrassed do you think you would be if you committed suicide only to realize on the other side, holy crap. A time spirit possessed me and therefore I committed suicide. You didn't even make that decision of your own accord. This is why it's so important 
to work on our emotional maturity so that we are not so easily swayed by time spirits, that we can watch them move around us, maybe be buffeted by them, but not possessed by them. So also just sidebar again, consider this in our ongoing conversation about what is mental illness really if you look at mental illness from a shamanic perspective this is another piece in that in that puzzle time spirits okay okay so what's really important to remember about time spirits um, is that they are not timeless Time spirits do transform. They're kind of almost like living things in an odd way. And in practice, they can be surprising. And that you need to never, why do they matter? Why do we not want to just banish them? Well, because the very rising up of the time spirit is, is within it, if we engage with it, is the capacity to transform the situation. Because they yield and develop and evolve and change in surprising ways in in the time spirit uh, in the time spirit's evolution or change because we engage with it is often that mysterious answer to the impossible question that we can't figure out how to do so this is another reason they're profoundly important one to not be possessed by them and to, to know thyself and work with them intentionally, but two, because often a time spirit is rising up precisely because it holds within it, once transformed, precisely what we need to deal with the problem. And for those of you that have listened to picking up your medicine and understand that pattern of how something first rises up um, and it's a poison and, and it transforms you, and then you become the person who can transform it, and then the poison becomes medicine for the world, and that's a fundamental piece in initiation. Well, it's the same pattern, the same flow of life here with time spirits, only on a big global um, landscape, that the time spirit that rises up is inconvenient, problematic, um, unknown, unexpected, a big pain in the ass one way or another and yet it is – so it's the poison. It's the thing that is needed. So we engage with it. We transform it. We evolve it and it exposes that which we need for the, for the field, for the bigger thing that's going on, for the field in which the time spirit rose up in. Okay. The important thing is we have to work with the time spirit consciously, not just become by, possessed by it and be unconscious about what's going on, but we have to work consciously with them to engage that potential, um, to, to develop with it, evolve it, and find that transformation within it. Um, and so, yes, obviously, I'm trying to make a somewhat oblique point about the current events in the United States politics, um, the election, and all of the ugliness that that campaign is stirring up. But that's precisely the point. Don't let time spirits vote for you. Don't let your wounded child vote for you just because you want someone you think isn't lying to you. To vote for someone purely because you think they're not lying to you is to vote via your wounded child. There's all these time spirits that are rising up right now for good reason because the, the whole field needs to transform. So they're rising up for good reasons, but don't let them just possess you. 
sexism is huge, huge double standard of sexism flowing through this particular election. Don't let it vote for you. Know thyself. Understand what do you, what needs to happen at this time. Not what do you wish could happen in a different time. What needs to happen in this time? Because this is the time that this president is going to serve us in. This is the thing of understanding time spirit. It's not about wishful thinking. It's about learning to work with what is to evolve into what could be. Okay. So I'm going to use a different example because frankly, I'm tired of this horrible campaign and everything about it. So I'm going to use a different example. So recently, um, because it's a really great example of a time spirit, actually, and a positive time spirit. I don't want to just harp on negative things at the moment. So Ron Howard's new documentary about the Beatles is called Eight Days a Week. And it's um, a documentary um, using remastered recordings of their early live performances between 1963 and 66 or something like that. Okay. So I know, especially for many of you listening to the show, because you're very young, it's easy for you to dismiss the Beatles and not really care. Um, you weren't there. Hell, for some of you, your parents weren't even there, right? <laughs> this is a long time ago. And it's hard to realize this profound global influence that this group had. And the beauty of this documentary is you see it in this documentary. You see this, this, this time spirit that rose up and you have some different um, people talking about that time other than the Beatles, but, but who were kids, people who were kids responding to what the Beatles were creating. And it was very unintentional. It was, it, it, and that's what you see in this documentary is how nobody knew what the fuck was going on. And I mean that. They're just like, whoa, what is happening? And yet it was happening. And, and to say it was happening globally right now to millennials, they're like, yeah, so what? Big deal. At that time, it was a fucking miracle. I'm sorry for all the language, but you don't understand what it was like to have something go global at a time when we were not linked up globally. It was really expensive to call hell across your state, much less into a different country on the telephone and you had to dial and they had to be there to pick up because there weren't even answering machines yet. I mean, you can't imagine what had to be sweeping this globe for there to be a, a profound global phenomenon at that time. And it was a global response to this music that was completely um, against the many cultures it was rising up in. Young girls weren't supposed to behave that way, but they couldn't help themselves. They, they drove themselves into such a state of ecstasy that they passed out, like on the street. <laughs> Just because the Beatles might be coming. It was unbelievable. And this documentary does a really good job showing this without intending to. I mean, this is, you know, this is me, a shaman, watching a movie. I always see a different movie than everybody else. Okay. But it's really hard for contemporary younger people to really get 
how big a deal it was. So they were doing they we were doing these quote unquote big stadium performances. They were running their sound through the PA system at Shea Stadium. You know, like matter up. You know, there was no sound systems even ready. I mean, you you can't imagine how ahead of the technology, ahead of anybody's imagination of what people wanted, this whole situation was. And it's not because the Beatles were magical space aliens or something. It's because they were part, they were the iconic manifestation of a time spirit that swept the globe. And um, the documentary does a really good job talking about this because people bring it up occasionally when they're asking them questions, you know, journalists, things like that, and nobody knows why it's happening. Nobody even knows what it is. Nobody knows what to call it. All they know is it is happening, and it's driving things. And ultimately, you know, even the Beatles can't explain it. But ultimately, what you see is how humanities inability to receive that time spirit and its message ultimately drove the Beatles to stop performing because it was too much. It was, it was, it became a a disaster, right? So, so it's a beautiful documentary from the perspective of watching what happens when a time spirit rises up to be received in that time to help create change and the people aren't ready. And so my question is, are you ready? Are you ready for the time spirits that are trying to rise up right now? Because they, in many ways, it's a very similar time spirit, but not such a beautifully naive and open-hearted version of it. So can we get ready, people, and start to use this time spirit and evolve it and evolve ourselves to create change in our world as it rises again. So anyway, what is interesting, so why the Beatles? You know, why did why did the Beatles become the iconic band? There were lots of bands at that time, but part of it was because it, part of it was because they were white boys. Part of it was because they came from England, which is there's a lot of ancestral energy going on there for a lot of people and then a lot of people are colonized by that energy so there's a lot of relationship with that energy um but also at that time in their early stages the beatles worked very their leadership in their group was very collective it wasn't just a star front man and the band that backed them up, which is how a lot of bands and a lot of longtime musicians actually succeed is there's, you know, like Bruce Springsteen, you know, there's, there's a star and then there's a kick-ass band that supports the star. The Beatles weren't like that. They were a collective more so. And not that there weren't other groups that were collectives, but anyway, the point is there was this new version of leadership manifest at that time in that group. Now, history happened and there's a whole lot else to say about the Beatles and and these men that they became. But the point is, we're talking about this time, this time that they became the music and the icons of a particular time spirit. So anyway, because I was so enchanted by all of this and wanting to do this show about time spirits and not wanting to talk about the... <sighs> campaign, I journeyed to the time spirit to ask about this energy. And um, 
one of the first things that my helping spirit said about time spirits before I went into the journey with them is that you, meaning you humanity, you um, get possessed by time spirits that call to you in your time. So where you aren't able to stand in your own knowing and just respond to the time spirit as a spirit, but when you get possessed by it and taken by it, because that's, well, anyway, when that happens, that you, meaning, you know, quote unquote, you, the you that you are in the moment gets swept up by a time spirit because of it's trying to show you who you really are. And that could be a clear version of you, meaning an aspect of yourself you value but don't own. And so you become possessed by the time spirit because it's showing you an aspect of yourself you already value but you don't own in yourself. That's why it's able to possess you because you're not owning it. And the other side, though, is sometimes we're swept up and possessed by time spirits because they reflect back to us a part of ourself we dislike and don't own. So it's a shadow, shadowy energy uh, um, at worst and sometimes just something we're, we're in denial of at best. And so the, the time spirits that are attracted to us or that we're attracted to and maybe become possessed by or moved by are time spirits that are actually reflecting an aspect of ourself that is unowned. It could be positive, we could value it. It could be negative, meaning we don't value it or we're in denial of it, but it's still unowned. And that's important to understand about what time spirits you notice and care about and engage with naturally. Okay. So with that said, so my question was, I asked what the true nature of the time spirit was that the Beatles harnessed. And the spirit said immediately, no, they unleashed it. So they gave a voice to a spirit looking for its song, looking for someone who would open their mouths and sing their song. And, um, oh, it just, it gives me chills actually even to think of it now, but that was so interesting. So, so back to the whole thing in the documentary where nobody knows what the fuck's going on. It's like nobody meant to do it. It wasn't intentional. No one knew anything about time spirits. Nobody was making a point. They just became, it's like this time spirit was just looking for someone that would speak for it. And this group came along and they just unleashed the spirit that spun around the globe and took people and took them to a place they wanted to go. So what was the place? So what was the name of that time spirit? And it was a time spirit that spoke of the freedom of all repressed versions of life force. So all these teenage girls, right? There's some really interesting comments from Whoopi Goldberg and another woman whose name I can't recall right now, um, talking about how um, this other woman's comment was really interesting. She talked about how it was her first experience. She was a black woman living in the South. It was her, her first experience being in an integrated setting where nobody cared. Nobody cared who was white, who was black. It wasn't the issue. It was all about the music. And so this is what I mean, that, that repressed factors in society were just given freedom and they were invited in. You know, without revolution, it's just the doors open. And that's why it mattered that they were white boys. They opened the doors to the castle that nobody gets in unless you're a straight white man, right? They just opened the doors, invited everybody in for a big party. This freedom of life force expression. The doors are wide open. You're invited in. So it's inclusion without revolution, right? And trusting 
in this collective goodness because there was also this naivete this this trust that this collective goodness you know that all you did need was love and that it would prevail and it swept the globe and then was betrayed by another time spirit it was betrayed by the time spirit that was possessing people already which was a time spirit of um those that would use the systems of power to deceive hiding intentionally underneath the nobility of those who had gone before them so in other words there's this there there's from depending on where you stand but a certain perspective of nobility around world war ii and there are no nobility around vietnam but hiding the the value of that um invasion right under the nobility of world war ii so a lot of that so so this inclusion of everybody at the table time spirit is running into this old this this older time spirit but this also twisting of this time around the trust because remember trust is part of the the time spirit rising up around inclusion is trusting the goodness in people whereas this other time spirit that was rising up was twisting that the people will trust the goodness in the system therefore for a period of time we are going to get away with murder and they did and so so it's this this um a huge interplay of time spirits going on and so but the other thing that's really important to understand is that yes the rising up unleashed time spirit did run into this um more established time spirit but also the the rising up the unleashed time spirit was betrayed by the people the very people it possessed because all they wanted was the freedom. They didn't want the responsibility. And they were not willing to step up and lead. They weren't willing to take the wisdom and experience. In, in other words, they weren't willing to take the, the poison, that take in the time spirit, see what it created within them, become different people, and then bring that medicine to the world. They just wanted freedom. Period. And so what that means is that everybody who's leading still has to keep leading. And so we see a similar version of this in, Arab, in the Arab summer. All of this righteous upheaval. And yet the leadership that gets put into place is not all that different. And this is what we must learn, people. Is how do we not betray these time spirits that are rising up to give us this missing stuff that we need to become the people can, who can do this. But we must be willing to step forward and lead and not just go, woo, yahoo, we're having a party, we're all free now, we're all included. You have to be willing to take responsibility to go with your power and wield that responsibility in a good way. And that's a critically important piece of actually not just being possessed by the time spirit, which is what happened back in the early 60s, but engaging with that time spirit, helping it to evolve and transform, let it become that very energy that helps us to evolve and transform and be those new people. That's what time spirits are about. So why did that happen? 
now we speak to an even deeper and older time spirit, deeply embedded, a time spirit that rose up and prevailed, unfortunately, which is that deep time spirit. Oh, wait, I forgot one other thing about the leadership. Because the other thing is, so people weren't willing to step up and lead. Now I'm going to talk about why here in a minute. But the other piece is, let's face it, those who were willing to step up and lead, who were engaging with the time spirit, working with it and becoming different people, they all got shot. Yeah, even John Lennon. And for those of you that don't know, he was pretty politically active at that time, trying to lead in his own way as an artist. So it's not just how do we become the people who can work with these time spirits and be the ones who can lead, but how do we lead in a way that we do not get shot? In other words, how do we also transform the shadow? How do we also not just be the saviors, the new idea, the better way, we're all inclusive, aren't we beautiful and shining in our white light? But we transform the shadow time spirits as well so that we don't let the shadow be over there in that other person whose hand holds the gun. But we own the shadow and we transform that as well. This would be to truly step up as the shamanic practitioners of our time and the global citizens of our time. This is why this show is still on the air, people. Yeah, 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 shamanism, blah, blah, blah. This is why. Because I actually believe we can do this. This is what I spend all day doing some part of putting the pieces together so that we can do this, exactly what I'm talking about right now. How do we become those people who can write that story for the new world? Time spirits are a piece of that answer. Okay, so back to the why. Back to the why of both the shadow energies that just shot the people arising as good leaders and all those people who weren't willing to step up and lead. This is, and this is a big, big issue for us as contemporary people, by the way, right now. Anyway, back to the story. Why? Because there's an even deeper and older, old, old time spirit deeply embedded, really no longer in the air and the fire and the, even in the flow of the water, but really embedded like earth, like bedrock for the Western world. And that old time spirit is the denigration of all things yin, the denigration of the earth and its value. It was wilderness to be conquered. The denigration of women, children, and ultimately the emotional self, the wisdom of the emotional body. That deep, deep denigration of half of our human experience. So because there was no cultivation of true yin, because of this old, old pattern embodied in so many humans in the Western world, because there's no cultivation of yin, as that time spirit took them and they rose up, embraced in that 
freedom and that invitation and all those expressions of life force, all being okay in the room, all singing the same song together, all of that possibility and transformation. There was no true yin for that true yang expression of that new thing to come out of. And so for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, as we look from the fall at the winter ahead, this is where we all begin and must continue to work is with this old and ugly time spirit that says you are wasting your time and not doing anything useful when you take the time to cultivate your yin energy. And, you know, you don't cultivate your yin energy by binge watching something on Netflix. It's not about not doing something useful. It's about actually doing the things that cultivate yin. Now, there are other radio shows about that, but you see my point is part of the reason the leadership didn't rise up or couldn't rise up, the the new kind of leadership couldn't rise up, is because there was no yin energy cultivated for it to rise up out of. So that's a big piece of the puzzle. So if we're going to learn from the past, we need to value that energy and begin to cultivate it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm getting a little carried away. Um, all right. So important things to understand as individuals, as shamanic communities, as global citizens. Okay. As individuals working with time spirits, as Arnie says, the less we know about ourselves and the time spirits in the field, the more easily we fall into altered states of rage and depression, ecstasy, paranoia. But in other words, we become possessed by the time spirits. We are not then the people who are working with them. And, I, and I'm sure as an audience of people that understand shamanism, that distinction is very clear and you understand how important it is. Possession is different than embodiment, right? So there are many shamanic cultures that, that dance usually to invite the spirits in and they are called possessions. But the, I wouldn't call them possession. I would call it embodiment because it's intentional. It's a working relationship with spirit. And when I'm talking about possession here, I'm not talking about embodiment and an intentional relationship with spirit. I'm talking about individuals allowing themselves to be overrun by the spirit of their time. So think about that which everybody does in your time right now and you'll begin to see the most obvious of the time spirits. The most obvious and deeply damaging time spirit of our time is the illusion of false connection that disconnects us from our body and from the earth and from each other through our engagement in, with technology. Big time spirit, not helping. <laughs> okay, so that's the main thing with individuals is know thyself. You know, listen to the Why Shamanism Now shows. Go take classes, educate yourself so you have energy awareness and the capacity for discernment right? Energy body hygiene, regular emotional clearing, your own altar practice. So you are calling in the world you want to live in and those helping spirits are protecting you as you move through the day. So you get to live in that world and view the time spirits from that place, not be overrun by them. And to know who you are in the world, to not allow yourself to be defined by your world. That's the individual piece. 
the shamanic community piece is that time spirits um, are more difficult to identify um, when they are implied or in the background or of shadow energies. These would be time spirits like jealousy, love, contempt, um, sometimes the gentler emotions like dignity or honor. These things need to be brought forward and identified as well as energies in the field and a system that has no time or space for these energies will eventually be disturbed or destroyed by them and that's from arnie and so back to shamanic groups most shamanic groups are a group of contemporary people gathered together around a common interest in contemporary shamanism in other words not indigenous people simply carrying on the practice of their culture and so as as a group of contemporary western people you need to look at those shadowy energies and time spirit energies that are flowing through your group or they will tear you apart as a group and this is one of the um, perfect reasons for a shamanic group to do a conjure dance and so finally i guess the last thing to say about this global effort, I think in, in many ways I've already said it in the show, which is that we need to apply our understanding about altered states to work with the time spirits of our time so that we can become the people who can not only bring forward the new way of being, but also to work with the shadow time spirits and the um, unspoken time spirits so that all of these energies can be transformed in such a way that the gift they have to offer is given and the whole culture can change. And right now, we are the people who have those skills. We may not be doing those actions, but we are the ones who have those skills. And I invite us all to not be afraid to use them. So I give enormous gratitude to the ancestors for gathering around us all the time, but particularly today, for the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Quickly, I want to let you all know that right on the horizon, I think next week, um, we'll start the promotion of a new summit. You know, these shamanic summits are becoming very popular. This one is called the Modern Shaman Summit, and it's sponsored by Entheo Nation. So I think it's going to be a significantly younger and less conservative audience, and it's going to be an audience deeply interested in entheogens, plant medicine, but also spiritual activism. And so I think it suits the topic of our show today, and I believe that registration should be available next week. But just keep keep that in mind. It's going to be another free summit um, that all you need to do is register for. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week. <laughs>